welcome each one of you to our services today as uh, we continue with Standing Against Satan in our new series. We're at uh, lesson number seven. We're broadcasting this uh, from Berkeley Evangelistic Association. We thank each one of you for tuning in today and being faithful and continuing with this series. We're going to be talking about the helmet of salvation. And one thing that we have today is that we say that we're physically what we are, humanly in our physical body, based on what we eat. And you're what you think, spiritually. So spiritually, uh, when we think, we can either think good or bad, and that's our spiritual uh, condition as we think. Now the battle with temptation and sin begins in the mind, and that's just what we were saying. Our thoughts lead to uh, actions, and our actions lead to habits. So no man can keep himself from having a bad thought, but if you linger there and entertain that thought, it'll become sin. And it will lead to action. And we just said that action will lead to habit, and when the habit is formed, it's very hard to break. Now, it gets easier to do each time you do it. It is enslaving. That's the reason we say that sin, when we're in sin, that we become slaves to sin. The thought leads to action, leads to habit. You can't prevent a bird from landing in your hair, but you can keep them from building a nest. Stray dogs will inevitably come into your yard, but you don't have to pet them. You don't have to feed them. Will cease to be astray if you keep doing that. They won't be astray anymore. They'll become your dog, actually. A very simple thought about evil is the story of the good dog and the evil dog that would always fight. Okay, the good dog and the bad dog, white dog, black dog. I've heard the story several different ways. But the question came one day as to which one was winning. Well, the one wins is the one that you feed the most. Sin will be dominant in your life if you feed sin and condition these habits in your life. Or if you stay in the Word of God and stay on God and stay focused on Jesus Christ, He will win because you're feeding your mind on the Word of God. But we certainly do choose what we dwell on. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about our salvation, the helmet of salvation that protects us uh, in our thoughts. But before we get started on that, once again, let me say it's an honor to be with you today and to share this study with you. And I want to open up with a word of prayer, and then we'll get right back into our study. Father, we thank you once again, Lord, for your mercy and your grace. Father, I thank you for the love that you show not only to me, but to the entire human race. Lord, that they would realize that you love them more than anybody that they ever knowed. And Lord, that you gave yourself on that cross. You died for the sins of this world so that we would have freedom to come and to be in your kingdom. Father, your word teaches me that it was your pleasure to give us the kingdom. It pleased you to bruise your son, Jesus Christ, who met the uh, requirements to reconcile us back to you. Jesus, in fact, while he was on the cross because of his crucifixion, he defeated Satan, hell, and death. And all this has been accomplished, not because of us, Lord God, but because of you. That you love us that much. And it seems to me that 
the least I can ever do is to bow my knee before you and say, thank you, Lord Jesus, that you saved me from a sinner's hell. You saved me from a fire of suffering and torment that so many people are going to experience in those uh, eternal days. And Father, I pray for each one of them that their minds will be changed, that they'll put on the helmet of salvation, that they'll come to a realizing truth that Jesus is the answer to all that they need. Now, Father, be with this message as we deliver it to your children and those uh, that know Christ and those that don't know Christ. Father, we deliver it to each and every one of them with love and passion, Lord, that they would accept Jesus. And Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit will move among the, those that are listening today and be with this message and all the ears that it ever falls on, that it will be a restoring sensation of a repenting cry. Repent of your sins and come to know Jesus and be saved today. And we pray this in his precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Now, in understanding our salvation, we see it is available to us by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. When we look at the soldiers in combat, we see that they wear a helmet also. That's what we're seeing here. We wear the helmet of salvation, and so the soldiers in combat, they wear a helmet. And the reason for the helmet is to protect the head from injury or being shot by the enemy. Now, the soldier in a lot of cases has the option to wear or not to wear uh, the helmet. And although it may be required in combat, I know personally that many men, including myself, didn't always wear the helmet. The helmet of salvation is like this also. We know it is there, but we don't always wear it effectively. We, in turn, in both situations, try to justify our actions with the helmets as when we need to wear it. We also try to justify the sin in our minds. We try to justify the sin that so easily besets us by just saying, well, it wasn't that big of a sin. But Jesus and God uh, looks at sin, all sin, the same way. There's no big sin and no little sin. It's all sin, sin. Now, we need and have to look at sin like God. We call sin an accident. God calls it an abomination. Remember this is armor. Because this is a war, and in war, the head is a primary target area. Body armor is good. But you can shoot somebody in the head or put a bullet in somebody's head, and they'll go down for sure. There won't be no, you're wounded or so forth like that. So the Roman soldier's helmet was made of bronze. It was very ornate and noticeable. It had a leather strap. And most helmets today that, that, are in, that our soldiers wear have a strap also. And it holds the helmet to the head. And it uh, was affixed to, to his side when he wasn't wearing it. And, but he never was found without it and would never fight without it on his head. Paul calls it the helmet of salvation, which tells me that our salvation should be the most beautiful and most noticeable part of our lives, and we should wear it, carry it, and not leave home without it. People should notice a difference once they are saved. The Bible calls us strangers and pilgrims in a foreign land. 
ambassadors for another country. It is not legalistic to believe that Christians should be different. Now, don't just put on a different mask, but allow a true inner difference to surface. Salvation itself involves the mind. Believing may be a matter of the heart, but repentance is a change of mind that leads to a change of action. Repentance is much more than just regretting that we sinned or that we got caught. It is much more than self-pity. It is when we change our mind about our sin and desire a change of life. Let's look at a few Bible scriptures that support what we're saying, trying to say here. In 2 Peter 3.18, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. Romans 12, verse 2, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may uh, prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. A lot of churches today emphasize the heart and emotions alone, not really recognizing the fact that this process begins in the mind. They equate spirituality with feelings. But how about facts? We have to look at the facts, and the facts often make us emotional. The Word of God feeds our minds and as a byproduct enriches our souls. Some people choose a church based on how emotionally charged they feel there, regardless of what is being taught. Who cares about doctrine as long as we feel good? Well, to truly live as Christians, you need to think like a Christian. You are what you think. Put on the helmet of salvation. This helmet protects us from a divided mind as described in James chapter 1, verse 8. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Listen, folks. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. This means looking or acting in two separate directions at the same time. We need and have to be focused in one direction, and that's on Jesus Christ. With these other thoughts, we end up with divided loyalties, split allegiances, multiple goals, and desires. We wind up being half-hearted when we go all in. Which is better, to do a couple of things well or do many things poorly? For a true Christian, that should be an easy understanding. We live in a multitasking society and we are capable of doing more than one thing, but are the multiple plans uh, we make compatible with one another? Or are we trying to have a dose of Jesus and a dose of the world, like that would make us well-rounded or something? Remember Amos 3.3. Can two walk together unless they are agreed? Here is an old story about a civil war soldier who couldn't decide which side to be loyal to so he put on a pair of uh, gray pants and a blue jacket they found him shot in the front and shot in the back this should remind us of what joshua said to the israelites in joshua 24:15. and if it seems evil to you to serve the lord 
choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Fence-riding Christians get on and get off, get in or get out, get up or get down, get hot or get cold, get with it or get without it, but don't ride the fence or you will eventually fall off. A mix of both sides results in a lukewarm church. And we read about that in the church of Laodicea. Laodicea's church in Revelations. The following story is a snapshot picture of many Christians today with a divided mind. Pope Alexander VII asked a Greek man, why don't you become a priest? He said, because I might want to get married. The priest said, well, why don't you get married? The man said, because I might want to become a priest. So the question today, today might be, why don't you sell out for God? Because I might not be entirely done serving the devil. Why don't you just decide to serve the devil? Because I might want to sell out and serve God. See how mixed up and confusing all this is? We can only serve one master. Jesus taught this during his earthly ministry. The divided mind comes from wrong thinking, not wearing the helmet of salvation, getting our mind protected from the enemy and in tune with God. Jesus gave everything for me, and he deserves my best. Lukewarm service is not good enough. He deserves better than me living my life on the fence with one foot in and one foot out, which is miserable, anyway, because you uh, have just enough Jesus that you can't enjoy the world and still enough world in you that you can't enjoy Jesus. Now, Richard Wormbrand was a dedicated Christian in prison in, in communist Russia, and he was tortured constantly. He said, I learned to give it all to God from the brutal guards who tortured me. When I saw that they allowed no place in their hearts for Jesus Christ, I decided that I would not leave the smallest place for Satan in mine. They live 100% for the devil, so I must live 100% for Jesus. There is no other way. Do you know who owns the largest printing press in the religious world? The Jehovah's Witnesses, capable of printing 500 pieces of literature per second. This spokes being deceived and deluded are totally sold out to their cause. Here's another thought. Who knocks on doors an estimated 500 hours before they see a single convert and they start a new church somewhere in the world every day? The Mormons. Even though they are wrong, they are totally sold out to their cause. Put on the helmet of salvation because right thinking says Jesus deserves my all. I wouldn't be here without him. I don't need to live my life focused on myself and worrying about things under his control. I need to free myself up to serve the one who has it all in the palm of his hand. The devil wants to divide our mind, so as we look from this to that instead of forward, he can trip us up. We find in Colossians 3.1, not carnality, but Christ. If then you were raised with Christ, 
seek those things which are above where Christ is seeking or sitting at the right hand of God. Then also in Matthew chapter 6 verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things shall be added to you. A divided mind will equal a deceived mind. 2 Corinthians 11 verse 3, but I fear at least somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. So now let's ask the question. How does Satan deceive our minds? Genesis 3.1. The temptation and fall of man. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And then Genesis 3, 4, then the serpent said to the woman, Ye will not surely die. Open denial. That's what it is. Open denial. Genesis 3, 5, For God knows that in the day that you eat, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now he substitutes an outright lie in place of God's word. A thought to remember in the reality of life, the slippery slope begins very gradually before you hit the big drop-off, the point of no return. Then we must look at the discouraged mind. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 8. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet the hope of salvation. Hope in the Bible isn't wishful thinking. It's an unwavering confidence in God. It's hope you have already found and received. We must always remember that at the point of believing in the Lord Jesus, death, burial, and resurrection, that the Spirit is saved instantly. This is the reason Jesus told the thief on the cross, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. The thief would receive no rewards for his spiritual labors in the soon-to-come church, but he would be saved. The soul is saved progressively through our obedience and faith for the name of Jesus. And then our body is saved futuristically through the renewing of our new eternal body like Jesus' body. In actual combat, a soldier must remain focused on his mission and what, is going to do, what he's going to do step by step once or if he or she loses hope, he or she has lost the battle. And that's how we apply that in God's word today. If we lose hope in our salvation, hope in, the, in our eternal home with God, then we've lost the battle uh, mentally. And that's what Satan wants to do. He wants to discourage you and tear you down into the pit where he is. When you give up, you lose. And might as well throw in the tile and surrender because victory isn't something that comes from without. It comes within, from within. This is what makes the American fighting men and women so powerful in combat. They fight for the eternal spirit that is within them. They fight for what they believe, not only in themselves, but for the freedom and their way of life. We Christians do the same. We fight for the cause of the truth in the Lord Jesus Christ. He gave himself as a sacrifice to pay our sin debt that we could never pay. Jesus has given us the opportunity to have reconciliation to God and to have eternal life. We fight the spiritual fight with an enemy that is all around us. 
and that we cannot see. Yet because of Jesus, we have the spirit of the power to resist and overcome our enemy. War is war, and there can be only one winner. Folks, our position as Christians is quite simple, actually. We have uh, done nothing to save ourselves. We have done nothing to win favor with God. We, as we are originally, and without Jesus, are classified as God's enemy. We can do nothing to satisfy the requirement that God has placed on sin and the payment thereof. We can do nothing without Jesus Christ and the work he accomplished on the cross. This and this alone satisfy the payment for sin. Without believing and trusting in Jesus, we are lost and headed for a sinner's hell and eternally doomed to the lake of fire and brimstone. Now, because of God's great and marvelous love for us, he, through his grace, has given us just because we believe in his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no other way in the world of existence that we live in to be reconciled to the Father than through Jesus Christ the Son. A general and his men were completely surrounded in battle. He said to his soldiers, Men, they are on all sides. Don't let even one of them get away. This is the attitude a Christian shoulder should have with his mind guarded by the helmet of salvation. When you see a believer give up, you can know that decision was preceded by wrong thinking, which may be similar to this. Ain't no use praying. It don't do no good anyway. You could use that same thought for going to church, giving your tithes and offerings, and inviting people to go to church. Lift up your head and put on the helmet of salvation. The church is the headquarters of Jesus Christ on this earth. It is our goal and deepest responsibility to bring them into the headquarters for the growth of the church and spiritual education and study. In the church is where mainly one will receive Bible study and preached messages from the pulpit of God's anointed and called leader to preach the gospel and deliver the word of the Spirit. One day in heaven... We will trade the helmet of salvation for the crown of righteousness. Will it go on your head? If so, not for long, because we will lay it at the feet of Jesus, the one that is worthy who guided our paths on earth through changing our minds. Jesus Christ deserves all that we can offer, yet all he asks is that we accept and believe in him, not only in our mind, but in our hearts. The Word of God is filled with Jesus throughout. Every book in the Bible has Jesus in it. Every book tells of Jesus. His words must be consumed like food is consumed for our well-being of the body. His Word is for the well-being of the soul and the spirit of every man. His Word is absorbed into the heart and lives there with us day by day forever. His word is life, full of love and power for day-to-day -day circumstance. We only have to accept it and apply it. It is free and there for the taking. Trust and believe in Jesus and be saved today because you are not guaranteed tomorrow. At any second, one second is all it takes for the last breath, 
the last heartbeat and you would be in, e in eternity and you better know Jesus or you're going to stand before the judgment and the wrath of God. As I said before, hell is a holding cell for those who are waiting to go into the lake of fire. That's, all, that's the only way I can look at it. It's a holding cell. You know, when people go to, to jail and they get uh, arrested, they go to a holding cell and they have their court date and then they are either released or they're sent to a prison and hell is this way. God is, has people in holding cells in, in hell as a holding cell until their eternal judgment. Friends, thank you for being with me today. I really appreciate your tuning in and I hope that these series are uh, helping you spiritually and, and through your uh, Bible studies. And like I said before, if you'll look in uh, the PT PDF, there's a PDF file on Sermon Audio where I post uh, these lessons in writing. You can download those and print them out for yourself or read them. And uh, it's there for your enjoyment and for your uh, educational needs to strengthen your spirit. I pray that God will be with each one of you and bless you richly. And that's my prayer. And let's have a closing prayer. We'll be dismissed. Lord, I thank you today for this opportunity, Lord, that we have to uh, share the word, share this book and, and what is said about the helmet of salvation that's taught in Ephesians 6. Lord, I pray that everybody will put on their helmet of salvation, that they know Jesus or they will come to know Jesus. And Father, I pray for them that you will richly bless them, Lord, and their families and all that they do. Father, be with them. Be with this ministry. Be with me, Lord, as I continue to uh, strive to get the word to people around the world. And Father, I pray that your blessing will be upon everything that's said and done here. For it's in the name of Jesus that we do all this. And we pray that in his name. Amen.